Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm here with David Sutcliffe, who is a former television and cinematic actor, um, recently retired, yes, and now a core energetics facilitator and psychotherapist, mm-hmm. which uh, the first obvious question is, what the hell happened? <laughs> what brings you to uh, today? <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I went to Hollywood to chase my dreams and uh, did pretty well, got pretty far and had a great time doing it. It was a it was a great adventure. But, you know, typical story, you get what you want and you're not fulfilled and you're mm-hmm. wondering why. And uh, uh, I experienced a heartbreak and television show got canceled and it kind of hit rock bottom. And a friend recommended this workshop to me up at the Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California. So I went up there and I'd done some therapy before, uh, one-on-one and a little bit of core energetics, which is a somatic psychotherapy. But this woman, Ann Bradney, she took that work, she called it radical aliveness. And it was a week long experience. And I touched into aspects of myself that were, uh, it was shocking to me. Uh, what was going on inside me that I did not know about, the level of uh, grief and rage and pain. And uh, it was just a absolutely profound experience. And just the dynamics of the group and how she ran her workshops and her philosophy, I just became uh, obsessed with. I was mm-hmm. fascinated. Yeah. And in that moment, I just thought, I want to know everything that she knows, and I want to be able to do what she does. And you know, who knows why? I don't know why. I don't know. We don't know why don't know we're why drawn to the things mm-hmm. we're drawn to. But in that moment, I was, this was uh, 2006, you know, uh, that sowed the seeds for what was the inevitable change, the the leaving of the acting career and now doing this work full time. That, that obviously took a long time because it was hard to give up yeah. uh, the acting career. My ego was very attached to it, very attached to uh, the status that, that that kind of career gives you, the money that it pays you for working not that much. <laughs> and uh, so it's been, yeah, a real transition into uh, this new life. And uh, But now this is what I'm doing, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm just trying to get better at it and yeah. keep expanding and uh, sharing my work and doing more workshops and just getting it out there. I mean, that's, you know, I, I had a profound experience. Like I think like all, a lot of us who, who wake up, um, we, we want to share what we learned with yeah. other people um, because we think they'd be interested and, and you just understand there's so much going on underneath the surface mm-hmm. of your own awareness and you want to get to the bottom of it, or at least I wanted to get to the bottom of it because until I'm conscious, I'm not really free. Yeah. You know, and so I was making decisions, you know, based on uh, unresolved pain or trying to win the love of my father or please my mother, all of these things. And so uh, getting to the root of my issues, uh, it's it's not an easy uh, process, as you know. It's, uh, it can be painful. It can be, uh, and you doubt it all along the way. Why did I ever start? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, this was a bad idea. I should have just stayed as a, an actor and kept making money and kissing pretty girls. That would have been way better. <laughs> but, uh, but something kept pulling me to it. And then yeah. and on the other side, you know, I just feel so gratified. And then you meet great people along the way and mm-hmm. you develop communities. And so this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And I'm, yeah, I'm real happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. How, how long was, was your, uh, 
the difficult part of your journey? I always like to ask that question. I'll let you know when it ends. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, no, uh, it's, you know, I mean, I keep going deeper, right? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. hit levels and you stabilize, then, yeah, you and, stabilize you and you kind of understand something and then, and then you go, you go deeper. But, um, the real difficult part was probably, I mean, I did a four year training program with this woman, Ann Bradney. Wow. And, uh, you know, that was, that was tough. Um, scary, uh, you, it confronts everything you know about yourself. It confronts all your relationships. Mm-hmm. You wonder if, you've gone insane. Have I joined a cult? Yeah. Like the, that kind of doubt yep. creeps in. And, uh, and then at a certain point, once it's really, once I started doing workshops, um, seeing the impact that, uh, the work was having on people and getting the feedback and, uh, feeling their, uh, genuine, uh, just appreciation, mm-hmm. um, that, that had an impact on me. Yeah. You know, that was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's resonating with people. They're wanting more. Yeah. And I had all, all these people kept saying to me while I was still, you know, in both careers at the same time, mm-hmm. they, they would come up to me and they say, you know, uh, I feel like this is what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and like unprompted. Yeah. You know? In other words, quit acting. Quit acting. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you have three or four people say that to you, yeah. uh, they're mm-hmm. picking up on something. Yep. I thought so. Um, but yeah, I keep, you know, it keeps going deeper. There's more challenges ahead for me, mm-hmm. I think. Um, because, uh, yeah, like I, like we said, you get to one level mm-hmm. And then there's more to know. There's more to learn. Yeah. And like right now, I'm just, I mean, I, I've done a pretty deep exploration into the psychology. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I just want to know God. Yeah. That's like all, I'm just obsessed with God and knowing God and what is God and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And how do I get closer to God? And, uh, I don't know exactly how, but um, that's kind of where I'm at in terms yeah. of my process. Just really trying to develop a, a deep relationship with with spirit and with God, and to let that lead me. Mm-hmm. Just in a sense, surrender, mm-hmm. uh, let go, give up my own preferences, yeah. my own uh, ego desires, and just let life uh, lead me. Yeah friend of mine uh says let god the universe play you like a fiddle right just play me like exactly. a fiddle <laughs> yeah and make beautiful music well that's that's the way to go you yeah know? It's, it it's really so, is uh pleasurable when yeah. you're able to oh. let that happen yeah and surrender but it's hard mm-hmm. you know um it's hard to let go the ego wants to hold on the ego wants to control mm-hmm. the ego uh wants what it wants and i want what i want right and I was just having this conversation with my supervisor just about that very thing. Like, like, am I, am I ready to let go of, of like what my ego wants all the way and just like give my life over mm-hmm. in, in service. Um, and you know, there's that part of me, it's like, no man, you should get what you want. You should get what you want. And then there's the other part of me. It's like everything you want is on the other side of surrender. And, you know, these are uh, trite statements, obviously, on one level, you know, but uh, they're also, like, the deepest, most profound <laughs> statements uh, when you're when you're actually wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the things in your life you're, you're currently holding on to? Like, what are the areas, what are the specific things that you're having 
struggles with? Well, I think the big thing for me, I'm 52 years old. I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a long time since I've had an intimate, a real intimate mm-hmm. relationship. I was, uh, you know, through my twenties and thirties, I dated, you know, was in relationships like, but I never, I did get married very briefly, but it, four months and it was in Vegas. It almost doesn't really count. <laughs> Asterisk. It was more, yeah, it was more an adventure. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, so for me, it's been about that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the, the doubts, the questions, like the what's wrong with me? Yeah. Is there something I'm not seeing? Is there something I'm not understanding? Am I afraid of love? Am I afraid of the intimacy? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I afraid of the commitment? And I would say... Yes, to all of yeah. those things. Um, and, you know, I, there's a person right now that I'm seeing and it's getting more uh, uh, serious, I guess. Yeah. And I could feel like all of that terror mm-hmm. come up. And, uh, but I'm learning to be with it, um, yeah. to not let my mind take over and start uh, creating stories about the meaning of it, uh, to just be with the fact that, um, this it's scary for me because of my history, mm-hmm. um, you know, which we can or cannot get into, but you know, stuff with my mother and just my father wasn't around and just, there was a dynamics that I think, you know, uh, that led to me wanting to retreat away yeah. and, um, feeling like relationship with women equals, uh, a loss of my personal sovereignty. That's a belief that mm-hmm. I had from my childhood. So, of course, why would I get into relationship? Right. It's yeah. like I have to give myself up. I have to be in service of the woman. I don't get to do what I want to do. And so that was a distortion that I, I, I carried for a long time. And I think I had a lot of resentment uh, uh, about my childhood. Un- unconsciously became more conscious the more work I did. So that resentment was also uh, would get projected out uh, mm-hmm. onto uh, women and particularly in, in relationships. If I didn't like quote, like get what I wanted or yeah. wasn't seen or understood the way that I wanted to be mm-hmm. seen or understood, I would, uh, instead of uh, being with the hurt or pain of that, I would, you know, pull away. I would yeah. withdraw as a way to punish, uh, and I would rationalize it. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I have every trick. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. I got it down. Sorry, ladies. Yeah. yeah <sighs> some of my exes are listening and goes, yeah, that's yep. exactly right. Yep. Asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I feel like, you know, there's, you know, I, I like the way I'm approaching it right now with this, uh, with this woman and mm-hmm. there's something different. I'm approaching it in a different way. And then I think the other thing that I'm, uh, you know, struggling with is stepping into an, like a new identity. I mean, mm-hmm. um, something happens when you turn 50. I mean, a lot of my identification came from being, I was athletic and I was a young handsome, handsome athletic yeah. actor and so i was that guy yeah and then you get 50 and you're like well i'm not that guy mm. anymore i'm mm-hmm. something else and who am i and so i'm not there yet but my kind of wise man years the the, the patriarchal yeah. kind of element mm-hmm. uh that's all on the horizon for mm-hmm. me and to really to be able to step into that um uh, humbly mm-hmm. um but gracefully uh, I think is, is like the, also part of the transition that I'm in. And it's hard to let go of what we, uh, identify with what we've known, what our ego latched onto, yeah. what 
it, it felt like gave us power and status mm-hmm. in the world to give that up um, uh, for something else, for something unknown mm-hmm. uh, is, is not easy. So the, these are the things, uh, I'm sure there's other things, but those are the two things that, I mean, I literally just came from a, a session with my uh, uh, supervisor, my mm-hmm. therapist slash supervisor, and these are, the, these are the things we were talking about. So Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your own, uh, um, you obviously do some sessions with your supervisor. What other practices do you do for yourself? I'm always curious for people that do this yeah. work with their, I, uh, am a meditator. Mm-hmm. I've been meditating for about 12 years. Any particular style or format? Uh, well, I was trained in Vedic meditation. Vedic, yeah. So it's uh, similar to transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. You use a, uh, a mantra, but I, I, I just mix it up. Mm-hmm. I do I, sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes an hour. Sometimes I focus on the breath. Sometimes I focus on the mantra or sometimes I don't focus on anything at all. I just sit for an hour and just see what happens and just yeah. try to observe my own mind. Um, uh, I'm a Wim Hof breather and yeah. ice bather. Nice. And, uh, I, got know, a, I got an ice bath out okay, back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, Deep freezer. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. I just got the freezer. I had always had an ice bath. The freezer is the way to go, man. It's, it's so always good. there on It's call. always there. It's yeah. A, you know, and stuff's, you know, you're having a bad day or you're frustrated. Oh, you jump in that jump thing in. and get out. You feel great out uh-huh. there. It's uh-huh. unbelievable. I mean, the fact that that guy started a movement, can you oh. imagine being like the, the promotion person? Like you, what? <laughs> You think you can start a whole movement based on people taking ice baths? That's never going to work, dude. Uh, but the force of his personality and yeah. the science, obviously. Yeah, it's, yeah for sure. And his his feats, like the yeah. feats. Well, he's right. just like, hey, look what I'll do. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the other thing is uh, that's like an important part of, of what I do is uh, I've been working for the last five years with um, – in the, the traditions of the Lakota people, the Native Americans. Yeah. So um, Sweat Lodge, yeah. uh, Vision Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I sing uh, like songs. So I've been, yeah. done a pretty intense study. And that's that's really become the focal point of mm-hmm. my spiritual practice. And uh, it's a whole world in there, man. Mm-hmm. And it is deep and uh, beautiful yeah. and scary. And I don't know, again, I don't know what drew me to it, but uh, I was at an ayahuasca ceremony about six years ago, and they sang some Lakota songs uh, in between all the Shipibo chants, and I just sat up like, what is that? And obviously I'd heard them before, but hearing them in ceremony, I was just blown away. And then, of course, I got home and got an email two weeks later from somebody, a friend, saying, oh, you know, I know somebody who's doing a Lakota class. I was like, what? I'm there. Yeah. And then I just... I don't know. I just kept showing yeah. up at class uh-huh. and then sweat lodge and all of that. And so that, that's become a real uh, center point for my, mm-hmm. for my spiritual practice. Uh, the, uh, the Lakota way. Yeah. The Lakota way. It's beautiful. I, I sat my first, uh, traditional Lakota sweat lodge a few weeks ago, but he mind, like, I love the circle that I'm in. He, he had like a bachelor, uh, three days and part of it opened with the sweat lodge nice. and we were doing like all these like sound healing baths yeah. and everything. I was like, I love how was the, bachelor. how was the lodge? Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Um, I, I have also been drawn. I actually don't know. Um, I was, I was thinking about as you were sharing that I had an experience similar where I was around, um, a fire ceremony. I think it's weary, weary or something peyote ceremony. And, um, mm. 
we were just, I was like sitting in uh, close to the fire and smoke was blowing on me. And I was like really in, I was connecting with everything and uh, just like feeling the energy of the land. And um, they started playing the um, singing songs and playing yeah. drums. And like my body just started like vibrating. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. And then I started singing every single line wow. of the songs, like as they were singing them, like not like heard it and then repeated yeah. it. It was like, it was just coming yeah. out. And the person sitting next to me is like, oh, like how many of these have you been to? I'm like, first one. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You just started channeling Just started channeling them. That's amazing. Yeah. That's not, I've heard that did not happen to me, but that I know people yeah. that's happened to. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like they, yeah, there's something that's why I like singing them. It's like they're, mm-hmm. they're songs, but there's a, you know, my teacher describes like, you know, it's a technology. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the words and the sounds like singing them creates a vibration and it does something to you. It opens up other portals of, of reality and yeah. shows you things and you feel different things and everything, you know, it just opens up. Yeah. And, uh, it's powerful, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, sit regularly here in Austin? Do you have a community here? I just found uh, a lodge uh, Wednesday night. So, yeah, I have a regular. I just found a regular. I was looking, you know, obviously to come out when I came out here. And, uh, you know, it was another series of synchronicities. (laughs) Showed up and I ended up knowing the guy, you know, from Sundance. And then this guy, Chief Marvin, like the only chief that I know uh, who happened to be in from New Mexico. He happened to be there pouring that. It was just like, what is going on? Yeah. so weird. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm meant to be here. I just laugh at those moments. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got me again. <laughs> I, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm still... Like, can you believe that that happened? I know. Like, <laughs> and I should be like, yeah, of course that happened. Of course. Happened. That's, you know? that's what I start rewriting myself. Yeah. I'm like, of course. Yeah. yeah this is Try not be to be surprised. And then there's the ones that really blow you out yeah. of the water. And you're like, ah, got me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I love this world. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just so, well, it's, and it's endless. It's endless. Yeah, you can keep going and find what resonates with you and dive into it and yeah and there's something it just feels like i mean it almost feels like austin's like one of the the, the centers for like yeah. what's going on now i mean mm-hmm. just so many people here uh doing so many different things and like there is you know i was talking about about this with the not like there is some awakening happening mm-hmm. i mean i know it's a cliche to say yeah. oh the great awakening is here but man so many people are doing yeah. uh so many different things and, and being drawn to, you know, whether it's plant medicine or sweat lodges or, or just, you know, straight up psychotherapy, trying to really trying to understand themselves. It's really amazing to see what's happening, you know, and it's new, right? Like, I mean, some of it's new, obviously not new, some of these ancient traditions, but, you know, I think about psychotherapy. I mean, you know, Freud, you know, he's like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Not that long ago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the, I, the, the, understanding of the unconscious Mm -hmm. and what's actually uh motivating us is it's a brand new uh science Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that and uh we're just the beginning of it you know and so it's it's fun to be part of the beginning uh of the wave Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i just i i I just love it what's your what's your favorite part about what you do i think it's the, the creativity of it, like, 
So when I'm working with somebody, the thing that I'm holding in my consciousness is what is it that they are unwilling to feel? Like, or what is it that they can't feel or they're scared to feel? And so, um, and they have a very good reason to be scared yeah. to feel that yeah. and a very good reason to be unwilling to feel that. And so the process of like helping them get to the feeling, that creative process, like whether it's the things you it's say, an it, there's an art to it and, or how the dynamics you set up mm-hmm. and um, the creativity in that moment, I think is, is the most fun yeah. aspect of it. Like to, because you have to stay totally in the moment. Mm-hmm. It, it is in some way like acting. It's so alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you stay in the moment, all of the information is right there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think, you don't have to come up with some perfect thing to say. You just have to surrender to what's there. And that person on, on some level, cause they're there because they want to heal. So there's a conflict with them, them. Yes, I want to feel this. And there's the defense, which is, no, I don't want to fucking heal this. Yeah. But if you can tune into their higher self, it will tell you everything mm-hmm. you need to know. Guide you. And if you can trust that, and, and, you know, that process of learning to trust the thoughts and the impulses that come up inside you and to differentiate them from your own, yeah. right? That's a, that's its own skill. Mm-hmm. And so it can get messy in there. And, and sometimes you don't, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Um, but that, that it's almost like magic Mm -hmm. and it pulls you out of the, like the regular world of, you know, materialism and rationality and you're in some other dimension. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that feeling and, and then knowing that that feeling is, is being felt by a group Mm -hmm. of people and that in some way we're all now pulled into it. And we're all part of it, contributing to it. And then you see if, if it is allowed to go all the way, if it can go all the way, like you can witness real healing, like, like real healing right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you can see like somebody's life yeah. just got changed. And that is, you know, it's, it, the, it's a privilege to, to be a witness, never mind facilitate, to just be a witness to that process. So I think that's probably the thing uh, that I like, I like most. And then just, you know, on, on a more human level, it's just the community, mm-hmm. you know, um, being with people in a room yeah. together, all like, you know, I grew up sports. It's like, I grew up on teams. It's yeah. like the best to be it's part of a best. team. Yeah. And I don't have that anymore, but mm. my groups, it becomes its own team. Yeah. And you're all working together, trying to solve a problem in mm-hmm. some sense and uh, to get somewhere. And so that that also is like deeply gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. That experience of witnessing is is what, call it like sold me. Um, I, I had done a NAS pro- program virtually and then she invited me to come to one of the retreats and just help out with logistics in the kitchen and I was cooking food. Yeah, That's she, literally she, how she I got. You upgraded the food tremendously. Oh, phenomenal. Like, <laughs> yeah. Humble, humble chef over here. Um, and so just like first retreat, like first day or first session, it was one of the most 
powerful experiences I'd ever, like I felt the energy in the room. I was like, I don't know what this is. And like, I was drawn from the kitchen to go into and just observe. Wow. And then just the experience of like witnessing in real time, like, like, Oh, that's not fake. And that's all yeah. my mind wanted to say. It was like, Oh, this is like, this is bullshit. Woo woo. And I was like, that is real. And then over and over again, I just repetition. I was like, all right, there's something here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is real. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, because I mean, I don't know about you. I, I was raised in, in the logical mind and everything was cut off from the neck down. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like just even, even tapping into sensations was, was challenging for me at first. Um, ironically now one of my greatest gifts in, in what, what we do. Um, what, um, what was your, like, did you have any conflict in, in moving from like, uh, other than the ego mm-hmm. of moving from that world into the world that you're in now or into the role that you're in now? I remember, yeah, of course. I mean, I remember the moment where I made the decision. I was dating a woman. I was in my mid-20s, and she was living with this uh, modern dancer. She was like the, the top modern dancer in Toronto, and I loved her. She was like magical. There was just something about the way she moved her body and related to the world that I was just, you know, I don't know, I was entranced by her and her orientation to reality. And she came downstairs one day, we're sitting around eating breakfast, and she said, I had a dream last night. She described the dream, and uh, the dream was, for her, a sign that she needed to move out. Mm -hmm. So she announced that she was moving out. And the idea to me at the time that somebody would have a dream <laughs> and they would then make a decision major life decision life about a fucking dream <laughs> like, but i was because i was yeah so i respected her yeah. i was like i want to live like that like yeah. i think that's correct mm. she's in touch with something she's in tune with something i see it when she dances i want to be in tune with that thing mm. so i kind of made the decision then to start to follow my instincts, follow my gut. And, you know, we need to be discerning is what you learn. You can't always, sometimes your instinct is actually uh, your ego in disguise. Yeah. And I made that mistake many times. Um, No, my instinct is to date this woman. I'm telling you, it's it's my gut feeling. There's Um, a common thread here with women. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can talk myself into pretty much anything at that age anyway. Um, but that began, yeah, me just starting to think about that. And yeah, no, it's not an easy process. It's not supported Mm -hmm. necessarily in the world. However, I, you know, in the acting world, it's a little bit more open to that because Mm -hmm. of course you're, you're, you're trying to hone your instincts and being a good actor, you have to have the rational part of your brain that understands the scene, understands the intention of the scene and, and, uh, you know, what the scene is trying to achieve in the story. Like you have to, you have to kind of know that, but you also then have to surrender to whatever's happening in the moment and you have to hold that, that tension. And so I, I did develop a skill as an actor uh, over time of, of being able to like let go and just be in the moment with things. So when I started with this work um, and, and there's a lot of psychodrama in, in cornergetics. Uh, mm. So uh, I was able to step right in and use the skills that I mm-hmm. developed as an actor. It, it fit really well in, in these workshops and served, has served me well 
as a facilitator. But <clears throat> when I got into plant medicine, then and with the Lakota, it went to a whole other level because those guys live in another completely other dimension of reality. And to really, really let go of the rational mind and to, you know, to understand that our rational mind is a um, not not a reliable narrator of our mm-hmm. experience um, and to live uh, in feeling and sensation and to let that guide you like the truth. The only thing that I can know for certain is what it is that I'm feeling. Now that's a skill that takes development to know and be able to name what it is you're feeling. But the story that I tell myself about what I'm feeling may or may not be true. Yeah. And uh, it's probably in many cases, it's not true or at the very least I should um, uh, have some skepticism. Investigate it. it. Yeah. Yeah, Investigate Mm -hmm. it. So it then becomes living in that dimension of feeling and sensation and impulse and am I willing to do that? And am I willing to live in a world where uh, be guided by my dreams or be guided by a vision, a vision that I may have or uh, the synchronicities that are in my life? Am I really willing to commit all the way to that? Um, the answer is I try every yeah. day mm-hmm. and I'm surrounded by people who are also trying, but it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard because yeah. it, it got that level of surrender is just mm. like you're in you're then you're just always in the unknown. And what is that asking of you? It's to trust life completely, like trust everything that's happening. Um, but of course, which is scary, but not trusting you're suffering. Yeah. You know, I don't want to not trust life. I don't want to not trust the experience I'm having then I'm separated from the experience I'm having. And if I'm separated, um, yeah, I'm not in reality and I'm suffering. So that, that's all the stuff that I'm, you know, I'm thinking about and I work with and, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's a constant practice mm-hmm. and it, and it feel like it, it takes, uh, like daily practices. I mean, that's why I meditate daily yeah. breath work, mm-hmm. different things to keep pulling you into that realm or reminding mm-hmm. you of it. Uh, making the associations with it because it's like all I have to do is turn on my computer, go on Twitter, and, and then I'm, I'm in a whole, whole other <laughs> yeah. vortex. And it's so fascinating. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and I love it. Yep. And I, my mind starts to... It's like junk food. Right? By design. Completely. Yeah. yeah by design. So uh, that's my struggle. I love... Yeah. I mean, Twitter is my drug. It's oh, like yeah. I, I struggle with it. I love it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um. I try to <laughs> try to minimize it, but it's it's also like or or try to be with my own insanity, yeah. you know. Like, am I okay? I'm a crazy. Just acknowledge, person. Yeah, acknowledge the <laughs> yeah, insanity right. of it. Maybe there's no getting over my insanity in yeah. this lifetime. Maybe I'm actually supposed to embrace it. That's part of what this experience is, and so don't beat myself up about it too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, be mindful and 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 limit and have boundaries and, and discipline about it, but. You know, it's, it's, this is the times we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to go with it a little bit. Yeah. 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 And I, I was going to ask about that. Is there, is there ever been a time because there's definitely, um, like I imagine we're, we're doing, um, a little bit better than the average person in, in living in, in, in the cycles of, of life in the universe. But is there ever a time where you were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go 
live with the Lakotas or go live in the jungle or like go to India and just disappear? I mean, I lived with a, a Shipibo uh, maestro for two years, uh, wow. American man, but I mean, we lived in a, in a house in Los Angeles, but it was a medicine house. Yeah. And at that was when I started my uh, study with, uh, with the Lakota in earnest. And, uh, yeah, I had that impulse. It's yeah. like, I go, I go down to India yeah. uh, or go down to Peru for a year and really do the deep dive. But, um, you know, I did the four, I did my four year training program. So, and I went very, very deep and I gave up a lot for it. And I felt like that had built uh, a really powerful foundation and I was doing pretty serious work with the medicine on a regular basis. There was something, it just, it felt like that was enough. And that actually my task was to uh, integrate this information, integrate what I learned, and then to be able to um, lead other people or teach other people. And, uh, and that's what I'm doing. You yeah. know, that, that felt like every time I felt into it, it was like, no, that's what you're here to do. Um, you, I, you're a good communicator, you have good uh, leadership qualities, like, this is your job, like, you know, wh- whether you like it or not. It's the exact message I got, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, well, you are good at it. It makes Thank sense, you. you know, and we need those people. Um, and every once in a while, um, you know, I'm going to continue to Vision Quest and mm-hmm. do different things. And, um, you know, I mean, I particularly like, you know, the Vision Quest or isolation retreats you know, to kind of keep up with it. And, and who knows, maybe there will be a time I'll go down to Peru for six months and, and do some diets. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now it feels like my work is here on the planet yeah. in the world yeah. to, um, to teach and, mm-hmm. and facilitate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the, the gifts of being like a good looking, handsome, relatable man <laughs> is that you can bring some right. of those. Right. And, and people have a little bit more trust in you than someone yes. that's just completely detached. And, and it's, it's, yeah, you're, you're a relatable person. Right. And, and I know you have the same, the same thing. And so that becomes, it's like, okay, so I have this gift, this, this mm-hmm. is the set of tools and skills that I've been given and so use them, exploit yeah. them, yeah. exploit mm-hmm. what you've been given and uh, communicate it as best you can and, and try to be as relatable as mm-hmm. you can and, um, uh, you know, get over your ego. But, but also getting over your ego is acknowledging that I'm a good looking, relatable guy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and acting helps you do that because it's like you're on TV and there's a, there's a mass projection mm-hmm. on you, uh, which I'm sure... I mean, you experienced as a facilitator. I'm sure you experienced it when you were hosting the, the reality show. People don't see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They see what they want to see or some version of you. So the, the skill of holding people's projection uh, is really, really important. And mm-hmm. I got good at that, obviously, mm-hmm. as an actor very early on. I mean, you become an, I, I think unconsciously I became an actor because I wanted to be seen. Yeah. And then you get famous and you're like, actually, nobody really sees me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is working out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're seeing something, but it's, yeah. not, it's not actually mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, loss there. There's, a, there's mm-hmm. like grief. Yeah. And which, you know, that's, that's my biggest wound probably uh, to take it back to my childhood stuff is, you know, with my mother. I didn't feel seen by my mm-hmm. mother. And my father wasn't around, so I've said I didn't gotcha. feel seen by him. So there was this real desire, this real longing, like to, to be seen and mm-hmm. understood and recognized for my real self, right? not for, uh, 
you know, being a cute Achievements boy or, yeah. or a good hockey player or whatever, or being a famous actor, whatever it was. It's like, and so that's, that continues to be my work and, yeah. and, you know, to, to, to really, that's the thing I always have to check myself. Although I think I've gotten pretty good at it now. It's like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Are you doing yeah. this to be seen? Or are you doing right. this to communicate a message? You know, like what's the intention here? Are you in your integrity? And, uh, and also, to, but to also to not shy away. Like, it's okay to be out there. It's okay to be yeah. big. It's okay mm-hmm. to, to say what you have to say. It's such a, it's such a delicate dance, isn't yeah. it? It's like the, it's like, like you can be humble and also be like known by the world. And you can also be an asshole and be known by the world. And it's like, what's the energy behind it? And there's a level that you almost have to accept your greatness if, if you want to truly show right. up in your most authentic gifts, right? You just have you have to in some way be yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking great, yeah, and I acknowledge that, and dot dot dot. Like, I also don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to own your power. You have yeah. to own the truth of who you are, mm-hmm. and you have to do it in a humble way. But th- this false modesty thing that yeah. doesn't work either. That mm-hmm. that's just another it mass. It's yep. like another form of narcissism. Yeah. Right. So it's a, it's a tricky one. I know, I think most of us admire those people. You know, I think of a guy like, like, you know, Will Smith is somebody who comes Mm -hmm. to mind for me. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that anybody does it better than Will Smith. He's a humble man, but he knows he's a badass motherfucker. He doesn't shy away from his, his stands in it. Yeah. Stands in it all the way. And it's very intoxicating Mm -hmm. in a good way and very inviting and very empowering. Yeah. Like I feel empowered by Will Mm -hmm. Smith. I feel Mm -hmm. like the the invite, he's creating an invitation. Like I'm all the way in my power. You can be all the way in your power too. go for it, man. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to, if I'm going to show up in the world, that's the way that Mm -hmm. I, that I'd like to show up most of the time. I'm also, you know, I can be a little bit provocative and, and, and there's some, uh, some of my shadow energy is, is there, but also, you know, the world needs assholes too. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta be an asshole. Does it come out on Twitter? Is that where it comes out? Uh, yeah. I kind of tone it down on Twitter, but, um, I've kind of, I've kind of abandoned it uh, a little <laughs> bit because I feel like the responsibility, uh, but, uh, yeah, there was a period of time, uh, where I just. I like, well, the, in my uh, training program for the first two years, cause I was like, a, I was always like the good boy. Like yep. that's how I had to grow up. I had mm-hmm. to be good. So my teacher, uh, Ann Bradney, she gave permission for everything to come out. So for two years I was, just, I was just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like I was known as like, he's a fucking dick. He's cool. <laughs> Stay away from him. And I was relentless. Yeah. And I needed to do that for yeah. myself. I needed to let my shadow come out all the way. And let it be okay. And then at a certain point, uh, and God bless her, just said, you know, I love what you're doing. I love the risks you're taking. Um, is it serving you anymore? Mm, yeah. And I could feel like, no, I'm not. Now now this has just become another mm. loop. And what's the next level uh, beyond this? And uh, and then it's, you know, to find to find your heart, to find your love. I mean, it's one thing. You know, and this happens in my workshop all the time. Get people to talk about their shadow, mm-hmm. you know, what even what they're ashamed of, like their dark thoughts, the part of them that can is capable of cruelty or, yeah. or judgment. People will go there, yeah. you know, with it's with some prompting, with safety, yeah. but they'll they'll go there, but then ask them uh, to uh, talk about what they want or talk about their light or their greatness or their desire or the part of them that's a king or a queen. Yeah. 
And that is the most vulnerable thing. That's where the contraction happens. Mm -hmm. That's where you see people freeze in the room. So that's, that's truly, uh, that's my edge. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of people's edge. It's like, am I willing to stand all the way in my power in, in how much I, I love, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. even just saying that, I feel like, I don't want to <laughs> say, like, I, lo- I love Looking so around. Much. Is like, anybody listening? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you don't, dude. You're an yeah. asshole. What yeah. are you talking about? No, but I really, I do. I, do. I love, like, I know I'm an asshole sometimes, but I, it's only my defense against yeah. not willing to be able to fully express mm-hmm. how much I love. It's scary. There's nothing mm. more vulnerable than being all the way in your heart and mm. all the way in your in your giving. So that's, you know. Yeah, that's 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 the work. Uh, and that's the work, folks. <laughs> Go <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> yeah. If you want, if not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, the payoff is great. It, it's it, worth yeah. it. It's worth it. it what is. else are what else are you doing? What else are you going to fuck in bank? I mean, what do you, you know what I mean? Who I gives know. a fuck? And the fact that we're getting over, and I had to get over that. I made a lot of fucking money as an actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. coming in. Like, you can't believe the amount of fucking checks that are coming in over and over and yeah. over again. You're just like, what the what? fuck? Like, who's paying me for this? You know what I mean? So I didn't want to give that up. Oh, yeah. And But I'm way happier on the other yeah. side of it. And and, and I, I think there's a lot of people who are, I mean, look, money's great. We should all make money. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not suggesting, I'm not, you know, but... um. I see more and more people not being uh, driven so mm-hmm. much by that at the sacrifice of, of mm-hmm. their, uh, of their heart's desire, you know, their deepest longing. So that's, and people are starting to realize, oh no, I can live simple. I don't need all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's better. And that, that's what I, that's what, how I'm living and it feels really good. Yeah. And, uh, and I think more and more people, I mean, whether it's just out of, necessity because mm-hmm. the economy is so wrecked i know for i don't know how it is for you know i know millennials are just taking the biggest fucking hit yeah, based on swallow like, it, boomers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but but maybe spiritually that that leads you to become a deeper spiritual generation to mm-hmm. lead us into the next phase of our evolution like i just think these things all have there's there's something else at play there's meaning at mm-hmm. play so mm-hmm. and and you i, I think that the polarity of the generations and like what they've gone through is what helps that growth. It's like the millennials have seen all of the negative effects of uh, materialism and the, that, that pursuit. Um, and so I, I think they get to observe it. And, and I witness like, man, young people now are so tapped in. They're awakening it at younger and younger and younger it blows my mind. And then I sit around like kids, some of my friends that have uh, young kids, they are like, I, I was like, you're impressed. Like, you're impressing me with the language you're using, what you're tapped into, what you're connected to there. Yeah. It's going to be a whole new world. Uh, yeah. It is a whole new world, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is continually evolving. I, I have a, a cousin. I don't know how old she is now, probably 23, 24. But I remember when I was in the middle of my training thinking, you know, doing all this deep work and thinking, I, you know, I was all that. And she was 15 at the time. And she completely straightened me out. Like in this one, she says, you know, I think this, forget exactly what she said, but she's like, I'm experiencing you this way. She just called me on my bullshit flat out. I was like, this kid's 15. How the <laughs> fuck did you figure that out? And I realized right in that moment, she's like wiser than me, mm-hmm. you know? I'm in my 40s, and here's this 15-year-old kid. Like, I mean, she doesn't have the life experience, but, like, the baseline wisdom, Mm -hmm. it's already there. Yeah. Where did that come from? Right. How does that happen? I mean, 
and it's not just her. It's right. like, as you said, there's mm-hmm. a generation of, of kids. It's, it's very humbling. It's also kind of, as you get older, it's a little depressing. You're just like, <laughs> fucking hell. I'm, sp- I'm, sp- I'm 50. Okay? I'm supposed to be the wise uh, yeah. one. Not you, you fucking 20 year old. Yeah, I know. But then you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah maybe you got to listen to that. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah it's almost like hurrying it along like get get them get them running the world a little bit get yeah, some of them in there completely, yeah. Completely. oh yeah oh, oh. um there, there was a question i wanted to ask you a, a ways back it just actually came uh it came back to me and uh it was it was when you were talking about um getting closer to god uh meeting god this is actually uh some my current pursuit as well and um, I'm, I'm curious if you recall moments that you felt the closest to God. That's a good question. I, I think, you know, I had some ayahuasca ceremonies early on where that's when the, it began. Like there was an opening. And it wasn't that the ayahuasca uh, brought me to God. Mm-hmm. It just cleared yeah. away everything that was in the way of me connecting to God. And I just felt this uh, unity, you know, the oneness, like Mm -hmm. everything is one thing and I am part of that. And feeling a part of that Mm. is the most blissful thing I've ever experienced. And there's also a kind of intelligence in, in that energy, in that field that like a knowing Mm. that I, felt I had access to and I wanted for nothing. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of a deep experience to have. And then you go back to your life and then you experience, you know, separation and the world and conflict and your disappointments and Mm -hmm. whatever. And then you lose touch with that. Um, So that, that early experiences with, with the plant medicine and then, um, you know, on a, I had a vision quest a couple of years ago where it was like on the fourth day and it says four days, no food or water. So it, it kind of strips you down Damn. and you, you're not, you know, you, you're not going to die on four days with no water, but seven days, yeah, you're, eight days, you're like getting you're not, close to, getting yeah, there, you know yeah. what I mean? And you kind of feel most it. people go 20 minutes without water and they're like, right. Oh, got to sip on the. And you can't, you're in a spot, you know, the size of a prison cell in the middle of, you know, nowhere, there's nowhere to go. And you're just with yourself. Mm. And on the fourth day, um, and I had questions about like what I was doing, Mm -hmm. you know, am I entitled to walk this path? Mm. You know, I'm as a white man and, Mm. and I'd been given permission that there was no conflict out externally with the Lakota people. I mean, there is, there's, there's debates within their community about, you know, that, but that ship is sort of sailed, but it was within me. Like Mm -hmm. I have to approach this in a way with a lot of integrity and I have to be willing to take on everything that it is Mm -hmm. like that, everything that it is, including the trauma that, and the, the, you know, the genocide, uh, or at least the attempted. Yeah genocide of these people so the horror that's there like you in some way you have to take it on and make peace with it because it's part of it's in it's in them yeah and all of that was kind of in my mind and uh i had this vision looking down a tunnel 
and I it felt like it was like the red road, which is what they call the you know the, the Lakota path, the red road, and it it was like this razor's edge of of light and dark, and I could feel like like literally a razor's edge. And it was like a razor. It's like if you want to walk this path, it's like you got to walk this razor, and you're hundred percent gonna get cut. Yeah, and in this tunnel, like I could feel how dark and scary it was. The message that I received was there's no separation between the light and the dark. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. So all of the horror that you see in the world, that's part of it. Yeah. Like if you like you want to accept God, you have to accept and be with that and accept and be with that inside you. Mm. Like that that lives in you. Like you yeah. that you are capable of like the most horrific things. You're also capable of the deepest expressions of love. But those two things coexist, and it's almost like to not have a, like a, even a preference, like that you can't have a preference. There's just an isness to it, like that nature nature has no preferences, and that God, in some sense, is not concerned with your suffering. Yeah. Like that's that you all will suffer, right? And you can suffer unnecessarily, but there's no getting through life without suffering some degree, and the meaning that you make of that suffering, that's your choice. That's right. your free will. And that information was like imprinted mm. in me as, I, as God, yeah. I guess, or at least my understanding of it in that moment. And that's still what I carry with me. That's what I think about. That's what I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they're not easy truths, I think, to hold, uh, because we we want to, and may, and maybe we can at some point evolve past the horrors uh, that are perpetrated, yeah. and uh, you know the cruelty and the the violence that is everywhere in the world today. Um, but right now, yeah, uh, that's what's happening, mm-hmm. and I don't know the meaning of it mm-hmm. exactly, but there must be some meaning to it or some reason for it that Mm -hmm. I can't quite comprehend. So am I willing to be with it in, in a way that's genuine? Like, am I willing to feel, uh, if I can't feel the, the pain of the world, then I I can't, I can't feel, if I can't feel the depth of the pain of the world, I can't feel the depth of the love. Mm -hmm. And am I, are you willing to be with all of it is the question. And am I? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe this a, moment and yeah. next moment. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not yeah. an easy ask. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it was that experience more than any, any other really like oriented me to uh, to at least the one expression of of God. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's beautiful. The way you articulated that was was insightful for me as well. Oh, like good. The, the the tunnel and the laser the razor's edge that was yeah that hit something for me yeah it was really yeah. it was I mean I I mean I had that was my vision I mean yeah vision, vision quest, quest. Is you're waiting for your mm-hmm. vision yeah and there was other information that I got mm-hmm. in there that you know was just for me but that was the one thing like it felt like uh, that I got that was you know that I that I've been sharing because it yeah. felt like important and uh, yeah it's impactful. Mm-hmm. What are, what are some other things that have, have come through for you in whatever experiences that have shaped shaped your your 
perspective shaped the way you live your life? Well, I think to to follow up on the the darkness, it's uh, you know the first workshop I did up at Esalen. Um, the experience I had was like I I went all the way into like like acted out like a murdering and a torture and a killing, and it was completely spontaneous. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't contrived or yeah. fake in any way. It just like happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was facilitated, but I didn't need much facilitation. Yeah. My body just took over. Mm-hmm. And I was conscious, obviously, you know, it was all with pillows and, but the, the facilitator was right there. And, um, and I went all the way into it. And then on the other side, I, I like just wept yeah. like from my balls for uh, 20 minutes or so it felt like 20 minutes and it showed me something like, Oh, underneath that murderous <laughs> rage yeah. was this pain. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, when I see people in that state and it, it doesn't necessarily uh, have that kind of expression all the time, mm-hmm. but you know, people have anger or rage or judgment or, or resentment mm-hmm. and are stuck in it. If I can hold them, like they're in pain. Yeah. That person is in pain and to not judge them and to have some compassion for them in that moment um, and to see the world through that lens mm-hmm. and to also uh, be compassionate toward myself right. when I'm feeling resentment yeah. or murder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It <laughs> can happen yeah. on any <laughs> random Tuesday, you know, <laughs> to go to ask myself the question, oh, what, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. What is it that you don't want to feel? Like, what's painful here mm. for you? What did somebody do something that hurt, or are you afraid uh, to take some action? Like, what what is this, right? So that orientation, I think, has been one of the most important things for me, and 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 liberating, of course, because it gives you a framework and a set of tools that you have. So when you become overwhelmed by uh, negative emotion, uh, you, you feel like you're not going to be stuck in it or you're not confused about it. Like you, you can get to the heart of it eventually. It's not always easy. Maybe it takes a moment for my nervous system to yeah. calm down, but I'm not afraid of mm. my feelings anymore. And that's, that's a great thing. It's that incredibly in itself, empowering. Like, yeah. it's like, because then I'm not afraid of life, mm-hmm. right? If I can go out in life, and things are going to happen in yeah. life and people do things and I'll be okay because yeah. feelings will come up inside me, but I can feel them and I mm-hmm. can make sense of them. And then I don't have to control the world out yep. there mm-hmm. because I'm not afraid of the feelings that yeah. are going to come up inside me. And then I can walk through life much more peacefully and without a demand that it be something other than what it is or mm-hmm. anybody else be something other than, than what it is. Yeah, I, I went through like a, a level of of acceptance in a, a switch in me over the last year and, and like being out in the world and just noticing like people are just contracting because they want to come back to comfort and right. they're trying to control everything around them just because they're in such fear. Yeah. And um, just being able to be with my emotions and like be out in the world, both like digitally and and 
and it was so relieving. And at the same time, I, I think I hit like a new level of compassion for the like the uh, gross amount of fear yeah. that so many people are in. And it just keeps contracting down and, and there's no end to it. Like people's worlds are just getting smaller and smaller. Their experience is shrinking to almost like a hermit in a cave, but not even in a cool way, <laughs> in a very depressing way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah that that switch happened for me some at some point midway through last year. Um, yeah, well, I think that's and I've been thinking a lot about that too. I mean, fear. I mean, that's right. Isn't that Yoda? Like, fear mm-hmm. is the portal to the dark side. Like, yep. you have to overcome your fear. Or, or maybe overcome isn't the right word, but you have to be, uh, be learn to be with your fear and manage your fear and understand your fear. And I agree with you when you look out in the world, like it's just, it's, there's so much fear yeah. and people use fear, unfortunately, to control, whether it's the government or the media. And, um, you know, that's also one of the things that I'm, I'm really preaching on in my workshops and in my, in my therapy practices and, and for myself yeah. is to to just be with your fear. Like mm. don't create stories around it. Like don't mm. try to even understand it. Like, can you actually sit with the fear that is in your body and, and just, yeah, like just be with it the way you would be with a scared child, because mm. that's exactly what mm. you are right now. Yeah. You're a scared child. And can you show compassion and sit with them, hold their hand. Mm. And, uh, that's all they need. And that yeah. eventually that fear will pass. But, um, you know, we all do things to try to get away from our fear. You know, I think that often that is the source of addictions. That's why I like Gabo Mate's work because, you know, he really zeroes in on, you know, trauma being the source of, of most of our addictions. But, yeah, fear is it's the whole game. And even, you know, I went the sweat lodge I went to Wednesday night. Like, first round, man, it mm. got hot. And, you know, it's, I'm in Texas now. Mm-hmm. And it's hot in Texas, and those stones were hot. And it got, and I, you know, I don't know how Uncle Marvin is hardcore, and I know Uncle Marvin, Chief Marvin, yeah. is hardcore. I don't know how long he's keeping us in there. I don't know how long this round yeah. is going on. What first and, round? Yeah, first round. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can feel the panic start yeah. to come. And it's like, and then I'm telling myself, just be with this fear that you're not going to die. You're not, you're sure you're not going to die. I could die. No, I could die. I you could definitely die. <laughs> and, you know, just be with the fear, just be with the fear, you know. And it's, but there it is, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, but when you get on the other side of that moment, you just feel like so badass, so strong. Yep. Like, okay, I, I touched my fear. Mm-hmm. I touched my panic. Now I'm on the other side. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I survived. I'm stronger now. Just get some more rocks in here and do it again. Yeah, yeah. There's four rounds, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I had that experience. I was down in uh, Monterey, Mexico, and we had a Tim Escal sweat lodge, and I was uh, I was feeling good. Like it, they weren't even open up windows or anything, and so it was just uh, sometimes they'll open up windows. If, yeah. And, and they totally. weren't, and it was just going, and it was hot, and I was feeling it. I was like feeling the energy, and I had one of the hand drums. And, and my buddy's like, you know, it's real hardcore. If you just stand up and start drumming, I stood up and I just vision Vision just narrowed in. I was like, I'm not that hardcore. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no, well, and that's, that's really what it was for me to plan medicine. Like, um, it was really to get to my fear. I couldn't get to the source 
the true source of my fear through the the psychotherapeutic work. Mm-hmm. It, it, it because I think it was like young, like mm-hmm. preverbal, mm-hmm. like very young, maybe you know, in the womb kind of fear. And so there was no, I I couldn't. There was no story around it. There's mm-hmm. nothing that happened. Right. So it was really the plant medicine, and I you know I had. I don't know. I must have been 17, 18 plant medicine journeys in a row where it was just like hell realm. Like drink, medicine comes on, you're in hell for two hours. Yep. So you're just like, yeah. what? Why? Yeah, why? why? Yeah. Was this good for me? Yeah. It's like, and then I was like, no, this, this is, you got to make peace with your fear. Like you're yeah. in terror and just relax into it. And it was finally that I, I did an isolation retreat, similar to a, a vision quest, but mm-hmm. it was six days medicine at the beginning and at the end. Mm-hmm. And, but in between you're just isolated and yeah, you know, you're doing a diet or diet in a plant, but mm-hmm. something happened and, and it all came up. Yeah. And, but it's, yeah, I don't want to touch my fear. I don't want to yeah. open my fear. It's... I get it. I get it. I'd rather smoke a joint, have a drink and oh, deal with my fucking so fear. So much more comfortable. But the cost is is high mm-hmm. and the cost of uh, the reward of uh, confronting your fear is uh, it's freedom. Yeah, it really is. It's it's complete freedom. And um what what is um I I'm curious. You you have a lot of experience with medicine. Um what what is your take on like it's it's getting popular like there's yeah. no there's no way around that it's people are talking about it um yeah what is this do you do you find this to be useful uh because my context and my question is is i i also got into it and i i found it to be very beneficial and yeah. so for a while i was speaking so positively of it and i realized that I have done a lot of work without it and have learned how to stabilize mm-hmm. like what comes in there and then also be with like death and like be in hell and right. be like, okay, I guess this is it. And not like completely fragment my psyche to where I can't operate right. anymore. Um, and so like I, I'm, I'm right now contemplating in this in between area of how I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't want to sell anyone on anything. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I did that early on. You guys, everybody's got to try Everybody's got to go. I actually yeah. said that when I yeah. came out of my first big mushroom journey. I was like, everybody's got to do this. Yeah. Well, you're excited. <laughs> I know. And you want to share I know. it. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a natural impulse. And then, yeah, then I, I started to realize, like, okay, I know like, it's not good to, to prophetize about it and just... Mm. Um, let people find it. And, and if people ask you about your experience, but I, I talk about it openly because it's, yeah, it is a big same. part of my experience, you know, and what I, you know, what I say to people is you gotta, you gotta, you gotta feel a deep calling like, mm-hmm. and it'll find you like yeah. you have to want to go and ask yourself why. And, and obviously, you know, get with somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I try not to judge, you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of ceremonies right. and there's all different kinds of ten- intentions and people are at different places, but there's a shadow to the ayahuasca world, just like there's a shadow, shadow to everything. Every world, yeah. So, but it's a tool and it's a powerful tool. And, um, you know, I think people can become addicted to the experience of it. Um, maybe you obviously can't become addicted to ayahuasca itself, but the, the, the peak experience. Peak experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. And the other thing, though, like there's a 
community that uh, I'm affiliate, not affiliated, but I know right, yeah. in Los Angeles, big community, and uh, it's church, mm-hmm. you know, which is actually what the Santo Daime is. Yeah. It's actually a church. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not a Daime base, but you do see um, they've created an incredible community. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so people need community. They yeah. need spiritual community. So I'm also like, okay, it's okay. Everything's yeah. okay. Everything's okay. Um, you know, be mindful. Uh, I think the integration part is 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 also really important. Um, and, I, and I think more and more people are understanding that. So there's yeah. more and more integration, you know, experiences happening. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've, I've <laughs> changed my life. Yeah. And it, it showed me, showed me things, showed mm-hmm. me different dimensions of reality. And as almost everybody who has an experience with plant medicine will tell you, um, the reality it shows you is more, feels more real yeah. than the world that we live in. Yeah. And what do you do with that? Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to uh, just dismiss that. Yeah. And, 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 there's the, and then the whole miracle of its existence mm-hmm. is so what like what do you make of that like mm-hmm. it's clearly to me here as a tool to help us evolve yeah in some way right that's how that's that's what that's what i thought after yeah. i drank for the first time i'm like oh this is here for a right. reason mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah where um one thing i've been contemplating a lot around is we, we kind of talked about that like razor thin edge of, of dark and light and accepting it all. And, um, one thing I've been contemplating is the universe is always balanced, right? So is this the balance? Like the, is the, what we're experiencing now just the natural balance or are we off in some way, which is causing some, I don't know, downstream effects, uh, cause uh, effects down the, from the causes and um, that is getting overcorrected. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I'm like contemplating that right now. It's like, aren't we always in balance? So is this just it? Is this just it? Yeah. 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 I think, I I guess the question is like, you could, what would, what would God say? It's like, God, something's wrong. He'd be like, there's nothing nothing wrong. wrong. There's nothing ever wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is exactly as it's meant to be. Everything is completely perfect. And, Mm -hmm. That obviously I you know and then I turn on the news and I'm like it's not perfect what the fuck this is yeah. bullshit it's, it's just it's hard judgments you know, it's, of yeah, it yeah it's hard to let go of the judgments because life is unfair people are cruel people are greedy and and you know there's oppressive forces I mean right. there's evil forces in the world um but when I I can I hold that higher yeah. consciousness uh you know and I, you read books like the fourth turning and mm-hmm. the, the show that things mm-hmm. go in cycles and we're just in this cycle yeah. that's what it is or you read books like the Lucifer Principle, which is a great book, which essentially makes the argument that evil has serves a purpose. Yeah. Like you need evil mm-hmm. in the world. It's part of the evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. And it's a compelling argument. Yeah. And when you see it over and over again, you're like, oh, yeah, evil yeah. cracked open this thing, stopped this, and a new thing emerged because of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I felt, you know, when... Uh, Trump got elected. I was just like, well, I guess this is must be what wants to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, you know, good or bad. It's like, this is what's happening yeah. and, and must be on some level, some collective manifestation. Mm-hmm. So maybe on some level, this is what we actually want. Right. 
and to just kind of be with that and go with that. Obviously, that's uh, an offensive, deeply offensive uh, position to take. Yeah. A lot of people would say, yeah. well, that's a privileged position because you're right. not suffering under his policies. But, you know, um, that is the position I take. Yeah. And uh, that's, that is what I'm holding. And, uh, but I also am holding the people who are resisting. Right. We're saying, fuck this. Like right. it's all everything. Can I say yes? Can we say yes to all of it? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. But I, I think, I think yeah. that's, I think that's the highest that's consciousness. I pure think acceptance. That's what God would say. Is, yeah. But I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Some monkey Speaking for God here. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, put them on speed dial yeah. god what do you think yeah. and i could change my mind tomorrow but exactly like, yeah the, yeah these are these are unanswerable questions in yeah, a way. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um and, and and multiple perspectives i think are are needed so in some way i sometimes i find like i'll hold a perspective or I'll, maybe i'll come to something because not because i necessarily think it's true exactly but because i think it's useful mm-hmm. to think about it from that point of view and it adds something to the the whole scope of understanding. So I try to, I try to hold my opinions lightly. I don't, I don't always achieve that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and let them, and also, you know, I, I'm not a fully conscious human being. So I have my own emotions tied up in every opinion I have, every opinion I have tied to my, you have uh, to, my humanity, my trauma, my, and my biology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. There's a, a question I, I love to ask my friends. Um, so throughout history, we have, um, there's been things that have been just generally accepted as like, okay. There's like, yeah, this is part of life. Right. And then later down the road, maybe a couple of generations later, a hundred years later, a thousand years later, you're like, what the fuck were we thinking? Yeah. What are we doing today? What do you imagine today that, 200 years from now, they're going to look back and be like, yo, those, fuck, those monkeys. That's a great question. I mean, the one that's obvious, I think, and I think there's already people who are like, what are these fucking monkeys <laughs> doing, is, uh, is factory farming. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Oh. It's, it's vile oh. due to animals. And oh. I think future generations, once, you know, I know we're going to, at some point, it's all going to be lab-grown meat. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to know the difference because they're going to taste exactly the same. I think that's where it's going. Um, and we will look back at, at that generation. will look back on what we did with animals and, and they'll just be horrified and, uh, and they'll have every right to be horrified. And yeah. I'm sure there's other things that we're doing that we're not even aware of that. I'm not aware. I'm sure I'm doing things. I'm right. sure I have beliefs yeah. that I'm not aware of the future generations will look back. You know, my, great grandkids what the fuck granddad was a goddamn psycho yeah <laughs> of, of, of my time kid yeah <laughs> what do you want from me what do you want <laughs> he said this on yeah. twitter and he- <laughs> exactly your grandkids have been saying the same yep. shit about you yep <laughs> oh oh man but it's yeah. good those are good questions to ask i think yeah. think about because it does keep you humble mm-hmm. you know like yeah we're you know we have to be careful i think how how about how we judge you know the past and Mm -hmm. and i mean we need to be accountable and and reconcile to to things that we've done but also it's like you know we're we're i don't we're no better right we're no better right 
Yeah, it's like, how can you, you judge? I just have this like universal belief that's just now so ingrained and I'm so grateful for it because it's everyone is doing the best with what they know how to do. Right. And yeah. and when I walk around with that, I just have so much forgiveness and compassion yeah. for everyone. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're just doing the best yeah. with what they currently are holding. And yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, that's, it's their journey. Mm-hmm. It's simple, but it's like all great you know, yeah. wisdom. It's it's all at its heart, really, really simple. But to live it is yeah. not easy all the time. You talked a little bit about um, like a factory raised meat or like a lab grown meat. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Um, yeah, I, I actually that's usually my answer is like our food system. Yeah. When I say like the what we're doing right. now and like what we're feeding ourselves. Oh. Right. Do you think the way forward? is through technology or do you think it's getting more in line with natural maybe cycles it's, maybe it's both. or both i mean there's not enough cows for everyone to eat meat like and do that sustainably or yeah. chickens i think i mean i, I to be honest i I'm, I, I don't know yeah I, mean, I read a book called abundance uh, about four or five years ago, and it was about this very thing, yeah. like all the problems that exist in the world can be solved by technology. All mm-hmm. we have to do is uh, convince people to change, you right. know, change the way they eat meat, change the way um, we grow mm-hmm. uh, food. Uh, so, you know, g- growing uh, potatoes, not in Idaho, but in uh, hydroponic farms mm-hmm. in New York City, right? you know, in, in towers and right. stuff. And yeah. It's like, well, no, no, people just have a, uh, an instant no to that mm-hmm. um so disconnected from dirt right and, exactly but like it, even just 50 years ago the majority of a household's food was grown in their backyard is that right yeah yeah wow. i think it was something like 80 percent. well a lot of people are going back to that I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe mm-hmm. we do need to go back to that and maybe going back to that is is uh or at least having enough people go back to that is raising the consciousness and raising our awareness about what we actually put in our bodies and how how that food is coming to be. I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I also, it just seems like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about technology, but it, it it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. And we're already part cyborg. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm con- so connected to my phone, my brain. I know my brain has changed because of yeah. the phone. So um, it just feels like there's technological advances. It's going to change things in a way that mm-hmm. I can't even possibly comprehend. And, and, you know, the way I look at that is, is, you know, technology, like technology is, it's our, it's our invention. Right. So it, in some sense, it's, it's not separate from the natural world. Mm-hmm. It's an expression it's of part the of natural it, yeah. world. Mm-hmm. So like, this is what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's beyond me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there, it's another, another very interesting question. Yeah. I ponder a lot. Yeah, I contemplate good. They're good, about. Well, they're good things to be pondering. <laughs> they're the, the big questions to ask. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have the answers. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody. Does. No, no, yeah, or maybe somebody in, in the Some, Himalayas possibly, somewhere. Possibly, yeah, know. somebody in yeah in the, yeah in the Himalayas. Yeah. Mm. Um, what? Um, I don't know why this came to me. Maybe it was the Himalayas. What was? Um, what was the most impactful uh, trip you went on that wasn't like a, a journey? That just was mm. a, a, a normal life trip, yeah. and it was just like change your life for some reason. Yeah, these are good questions. Um, 
it's fun to, to remember these things. Uh, I did a, uh, a cross country motorcycle trip in like, I think 2013. Um, I'd never from LA to Boston and Montreal, but across country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never really ridden a motorcycle before I, I got my, you know, license in the parking lot. You know, you do the two day course in the parking lot. And I had that, and then I rented a bike, uh, like a little Honda, and I went out in the street just, like, for an hour, just to be like, okay. And then, I don't know where I, you know, I was just like, I, it was just like, I want to drive my motorcycle, a motorcycle across the country. I wanted to do that. Yeah. And so then I walked into the dealer, motorcycle dealer. I, you know, I did a lot of research, and I bought this uh, 2000, yeah, 2013 Triumph Tiger, 800, you know, 500-pound bike, and... uh and uh, I said, yeah, no, I'm going to drive this cross country. This is my first bike. This is like really my first time riding. They're just like, you fucking out of your mind. And I remember, man, like driving out of LA. It was fine, yeah. you know, but you pack it up and you're yeah. like, it's a little like, okay. It's unstable. It's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. And, but motorcycles are scary. And then yeah. I remember getting on the freeway uh, for the first time because I'd never been on the freeway. And all of a sudden you're going 80 miles an hour. There's no seatbelt. You know, this is the thing with the mo- There's no seatbelt. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, what? yeah, I'm dead. One pothole. Yeah, <laughs> One bad pothole. So I'm just gripping this thing and coming out of L.A. going north. There's a corridor, I forget, on the 14th, but it's super windy. And I was like, is this what it's like? Is it, like, I didn't know it was windy. I was like, is this what riding a motorcycle is? But that doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. no fun. Mm-hmm. So I pull over a gas station, literally Google how to ride in the wind. And it's like, <laughs> basically, like, it sucks. Like, there's no way to ride. Yeah. You just you deal with it. It yeah. sucks. You're like, fuck. Yeah. So I just kind of put my head down, uh, and it was not enjoyable at all <laughs> until I got up. This is 395 all the way up to uh, Bishop. Mm. which is where Mammoth Mountain is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and right when I got to Bishop, uh, right on the other side, the wind stopped. And like, and then the mountains, up, mm. I've never been there up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And then the sun started to set. And then this winding road. And then I got, like, it all clicked in. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh. And then yeah, I just camped out, you know, yeah. I had no plans. I camped all along the way mm. and I was by myself and it was a grand adventure. And, uh, you know, everywhere you roll into town, you're a hero. Like you're mm. a man on a horse because everybody has a dream of riding yeah. a motorcycle cross country. So when you do it, everybody wants to talk to you. Oh, your bike. Yeah. And so you're yeah. making friends everywhere. Mm. And it was just, uh, it was an unbelievable experience. And of course, the whole time, you know, you're always like, is today the day that I'm going to fucking die? Because you realize your head is basically a cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. And if I smash, it's over. And if I do go down, I hope I die because I don't want to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. And like, these are the thoughts that are running in your head. (laughs) And so after 18 days, it's over. Yeah, yeah. you're like, okay, it's something, it is a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's like my most, probably my most memorable trip. Mm. Um, and solo, you know, you're, you yeah. know, by yourself. I've done a lot of things by myself, but that trip, uh, and there's something meditative about the bike and it's vibrating, of course. Mm-hmm. And that there's something to that. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I've not looked up the science, but mm-hmm. it's like you're sitting on a yeah. machine that's vibrating mm-hmm. 
it does something to you. It's mm. like you're vibrating. The vibration plate. Yeah, that's like a, a vibration long time, plate. Yeah, yeah and you're just like, mm-hmm. so. And then I went up and saw my dad, and yeah, it was great. Mm. It's just that's yeah, that was my favorite uh, favorite trip. You just sold me on your expression of <laughs> of the sunset <laughs> and the mountains. Oh, dude, I've yeah. never ridden a bike. Oh well, yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, mm. and I, you know, Texas, I'm thinking, I sold my bike, but I'm thinking about getting one because uh, I think Texas is probably a good place to explore. Yeah. But, you know, and I love, so far, Texas is amazing. But, man, California, like, I mean, California's gone insane, but the natural beauty in California, oh, it's like one thing after another over and over and over. Mm-hmm. You don't have to leave California yeah. to do a motor. You can do more. I did a seven-day trip around California with my cousin. We never left. We went to mm-hmm. Nevada a little bit. Mm-hmm into death valley but uh it's unbelievable yosemite and yeah. joshua tree mm-hmm. and san diego and mm-hmm. malibu the whole coast the mountains it's got it all just absolutely mind-blowing and then to experience that on a bike it's like being on a you know in star wars they're in the hovercrafts that's yeah. what it feels like yeah right? it's like <laughs> and if you take the back roads everywhere which i did mm-hmm. you get off the main highways yeah um, you're in these country roads, like through Idaho, you know, mm. you're just seeing the country in such yeah. a unique way. It's really, there's nothing like it. Mm. Yeah. I get why, you know, it's addictive for people. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, um, I lived in California for, for a time and, and when I came, Austin definitely feels like home for me, but I go back and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like it's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a lot of time traveling in an RV up and down the coast and oh, through yeah. the inner, yeah. Yeah, and yeah I saw I on your it. Instagram you're just down in San Diego. Yeah, I'm going, going back in a yeah. couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. I love San Diego. I do too, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good spot. Um, well, cool. Uh, I think I think this is a good, I think this is a good episode. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just realized like I sometimes like come out of like this like uh, tunnel and I'm like oh this was awesome I really enjoyed talking with you getting to know you yeah it was awesome it was great questions and um yeah it's very warm and open I can see why you know you're good at what you do because there's like the real invitation to Mm -hmm. share and um it was nice to be able to, to to talk about that all that stuff with you appreciate thank it. you yeah, thank man. you yeah one, one of my fears is i mean we just met for the first time <laughs> right before this yeah yeah <laughs> and uh yeah one of my fears is like oh what if we don't connect what if it's right. not a, yeah it doesn't flow um but it did yeah i love it yeah I man. Love it. Thank so, you so thank much. you thank you i i uh i'm asking one last question mm-hmm. to every podcast guest um what does vulnerability mean to you vulnerability i think is just saying what's true for you in every moment as best you can mm-hmm. um you know whatever whatever that means like vulnerable anger can be vulnerable uh heartbreak can be vulnerable it's just being willing to be say what is true for you how you feel and without trying to control anything without trying to manipulate or control the reaction, you know? And I think that, that to me is what feels vulnerable. And it's not, it's sometimes hard to know what's true for you. I mean, the mind mm-hmm. is like, that's not true. No, mm-hmm. say this thing instead. But if you can just, in some way, like 
life becomes really simple. Yeah. If you think that all you ever have to do in every moment is say what's true for you. Uh, and be flexible with that. But, you know, like this is all I have. Yeah. And then it becomes easy because there's yeah. nothing else to think about or consider. You just, but it is vulnerable because you have no, as soon as you say what's true, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. It's like laying naked in the yeah, street. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That was beautiful. Well, thank you for being on the show today. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. And uh, I appreciate getting to know you. Yeah, you too, yeah, man. You, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we, we had the opportunity to connect. And, yeah. Uh, I look forward. I look forward to more. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Peace, brother. Peace.